This episode of Carolina Sports Talk is brought to you by Southern Elegance Candle Company, where modern value meets Southern charm. Right now, check out their fall and holiday collection with candle scents such as Caramel Latte, Fireside, Sweet Potato and Brown Sugar, and our personal favorite, Orange Spice. This scent is cloves wrapped in a citrusy orange essence that takes you all the way back to Grandma's house. This one is sure to be your favorite, just like it is ours. Be sure to visit secandlecode.com and use our promo code CRUX, that's C-R-U-X, for 15% off all regularly priced items. That's secandlecode.com, where they lovingly craft each scent and city combination to elicit a fond memory to whisk you to a place of pure joy. On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, we talk NFL, the NBA, big deal, no thing, I got money, nothing to do with sports, and a whole lot more. Let's go! Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Can y'all feel that? Can you feel that thing that's oozing out your doggone hands? That thing is beating your doggone chest right now. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. As always, you can check us out wherever you get your favorite podcast on your favorite podcast app or hit us up on the social media, Carolina Sports Talk at Carolina Sports Talk on Facebook or Instagram. Or you can hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net. As always, I am joined by my main man, your favorite and mine, DJ Highstar. What's good with you, bro? What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Cool and cool and Man, so listen, bro. I know a lot of people say like Christmas is like it's the most wonderful time of the year. But bro, I'm trying to tell you, this time of year for me is absolutely the most favorite, bro. We got basketball, we got playoff baseball, we got the new start of the NHL season, and basketball is back as well. So all of the four major sports, did I say all four just now? Basketball, football, baseball? You missed football, you said basketball twice. I said, see, because I'm so excited about the NBA, and we'll get into it a little bit uh, and just a little bit later with the NBA getting started. But as you mentioned, I did leave out football. How could I dare be so blasphemous? You know what I mean? But what... what is there a more exciting time for sports for you? No, nah, I mean, it's definitely heavy. Everything overlaps right now, so it's definitely dope. Uh, it's good time. Hoodie season. Hey. Good callback. You know. Listen, so let me tell you, and I got a question for you. So you mentioned hoodie season, and this is completely not related to sports. I, we probably could have had this to, with the nothing to do with sports. But anyway, are you a guy that wears long sleeve shirts but shorts? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I had a guy in high school and I don't I don't know why this was random to me and remember um my homeboy Chris, like um Chris was about six foot five, white guy, played baseball, football with us. Uh he was like, Yo, anybody who wears long sleeves and shorts is weird. And I don't know why that stuck with me through the years, but I was like, Yo, I'm a rocket, especially around this time of the year where it's kinda chilly, but it's not cold. Yo, them long sleeves gonna do me good. But anyway, randomly. Right. <laughs> 
randomly enough, it is uh, we had a really good weekend of football. So without further ado, let's go ahead and talk about our football scores. Um, the NFL started off the weekend. Uh, it's week six played Thursday night with the Buccaneers taking a win over the Eagles, 28 to 22. Uh, the, the, the Bucs seem to just be losing a lot of players, but still rolling out the victories. On Sunday, the Vikings took an overtime victory, 34 to 28 over the Panthers. The Jaguars over the Dolphins, 23 to 20. The Packers, 24-14 over, over the Chicago Bears. Aaron Rodgers throws two touchdown passes and runs for another one. Uh, the Bengals, 34-11 to, to 11 over the Lions. Joe Burrows threw three touchdowns in that one. Uh, shout out to him and the rookie, his favorite receiver, Mr. Jamar Chase. That guy is racking me up some points in fantasy. Uh, the Colts over the Texans, 31-3. Rams, 38-11 over the Giants. Chiefs with the comeback from halftime victory, 31-13 over the Washington football team. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, just after his second interception in the first half, was like, you know what, that's enough of that. The Ravens, 34-6 over the Chargers in a stunner. The Chargers had been playing pretty good, but... Uh, the Baltimore victory ended uh, with with a backup quarterback taking a knee in that one. Uh, the Cardinals over the Browns, 37 to 14, in what turned out to be an injury laden team with the with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the Raiders over the Broncos, 34 to 24, in their first game without John Gruden. The Cowboys, 35 to 29, over the Patriots, in a good one on Sunday night. Uh, and then Seahawks over the excuse me Seahawks lose to the Steelers, 20 to 23. And then on Monday Night Football, a good game, the Bills uh, fell to the Titans, 34-31. to uh, Any of those games stood out to you in week six, bro? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I believe Jacksonville, uh, the first win of the season, I want to say. And first, I don't want to say 20 losses, but it might have been something like nah, that. Something was, along those yeah, they were on a NFL uh, record 20-game losing streak. Until they came and kicked the field goal and uh, at the end of the game to win over in London, man, that 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 was <laughs> it was a shocker to me because I didn't realize it would have been twenty straight games. But shout out to uh, Coach, not no, started yeah. Gruden, but uh, yeah, started to coach down there in, in uh, Meyer. Urban yeah, Meyer, Coach Myers, and them boys in, in Jacksonville for well in London, but with Jacksonville getting that W. Um, um, and then other things like Detroit's continuous losing. Um, Derrick Henry's performance stood out on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Um, just small things like that, small small headlines that doesn't that might seem trivial to others, but kind of like seem pivotal to me or, or stand out to me. Yeah, let's talk about the, the the Bills game really quickly before we jump into the Panthers one. The Bills Titans game was a really really good game for me. Uh, the back and forth and watching that one, uh, I really thought it was going to go down go into overtime, but in the fourth quarter. Um, after a pretty good game, all game, back and forth, but uh, both ways, the Bills had a chance to either at with fourth down, uh, and I think it was like fourth down and one yard, they had the chance to kick a field goal and tie it and send it into overtime, which would have been the fifth game this week to go into overtime, including the Panthers game. But uh, instead, they, they they trusted into their quarterback, Coach Sean McDermott, uh, formerly the defensive coordinator down here in Carolina before going up to Coach Buffalo. He put it in the hands of his quarterback, and he was like, "Yo, I trust you, Josh. Go ahead and get the get this yard real quick." But it, you know, it's truly a game of inches, man. His, his foot slipped just as the defender was coming across the line and was able to stop him. And uh, the Titans held on for 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 the win. It was a good game. But um, overall, Derrick Henry's a monster, bro. Like 
I saw a meme on Facebook this week that said he's the guy, he's the creative player that we all created in the NFL Madden growing up. And it's true. Yeah, Dez, Dez, Dez put that out there. Okay. And, and while oh, we're on, well, go ahead. Now, uh, to me, it's, it's crazy. Like, bro is six foot three, 241 pounds, and he runs a 4540, bro. He is my height running a 4540. And, and, and then he's strong on top of that, like the stiff arm that he put on to, uh, Addison, man, another former Panther that was up there. It was just disrespectful, man. And we all know the play oh, that he yeah. did last yeah. year, slinging Josh Norman across the field, man. What what you think this dude eat for breakfast, bro? <laughs> um, Whatever Diggs is having for breakfast, because that's the defensive creative player if he was going to make one. Diggs down in Dallas. So, so they both eat the same thing. I, <laughs> now, you know, we'll be on social media heavy. Um, they said that I saw another meme that said that Diggs was the Jameis Jameis Winston of defenses. He either going like Jameis throws a touchdown or an interception, nothing in between. Diggs is either going to get an interception and a pick six, or he's going to get burned like he did in that game uh, against the Patriots as well. He got the pick six, and the very next play, he got burned for an eighty-four yard touchdown, mm-hmm. man. But. As you mentioned, he is – he's still balling at the end of the day. He's got one – at least one pick in every game so far this season. He's on record uh, – on pace to break Rod Woodson's record with the interceptions, uh, who also finished the season the same way, having a pick in every game. So that dude is – he's playing some ball, man. And I actually gave props yesterday, bro. You'd have been proud of me, man. I gave props to a Dallas fan, bro. And he came into the election uh, – to the polling connection – the polling precinct for the election with his cowboy stuff on. I was like, yo, man, you got something on your hat, man. You might need to leave that outside. He's like, how about them cowboys? And you know they how they get. And I was like, y'all playing good defense. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. <laughs> <clears throat> One of our frat brothers, O'Neal, from um, from Zai he, um he put on Facebook, I know that I'm late, but what about them cowboys? <laughs> Yeah, y'all, y'all can't even have a U5 chant or, uh, or you know what I mean, um, motto and stuff. Like, how you get that wrong as a Cowboy fan? Right. What about them Cowboys? What about them Cowboys? What do you all consider about the Cowboys? Now, that's right. wild, bro. <laughs> now, week six was with its uh, disappointments, if you would, especially if you are a Carolina Panthers fan. Um <sighs> started off three and three. Say again. We started off three and three. It was so, all good just three weeks ago. Oh, started off three and oh. Yes, we did. And then have gone. Oh, I said started off three and three. I'm sorry. Yeah, started off three and oh. It was all good three weeks ago. One of the things that stood out for me was the press conference on Monday when Coach Rule just point point blank put it like it was. Uh we mentioned last week on the show that the the loss last week, even before this week. Uh, showed us who he was and, and and who we had at the quarterback and to let us know that he was not the answer. Um, on- and, and as a result, I'm, I'm, I knew then that they weren't very happy. And this week he was con- it, it was confirmed in the press conference when Coach Rule said, our quarterback is not playing good enough, point blank. And the three-game skid rests at him. He has to play better. I think that was very telling, first of all, for a coach like Coach Rule to even say that publicly uh, let's you know kind of where they are with regards to the quarterback position. Now he did elaborate and kind of 
go into it a little bit more. And, and almost I want to say walk the comment back a little bit and said our offensive line has to block better. Our receivers have to catch better. They had the most drops in a Carolina's Panthers game in Panthers history this week with nine official drops. And I think that number was even a little bit lower because everybody and their mama and their grandma and their cousin and auntie too was out there dropping balls for the Panthers, man. And even a shorthanded DJ Moore was out there dropping passes. And, and it just was like, for, to, for them to have said throughout the week how great of a week it was in practice, how motivated everybody was, how focused they were, they didn't play like it on offense. Uh, a lot of pundits and, and a lot of critics had a lot to say about the defense later on and in the end. And even in overtime when then Kirk Cousins threw the uh, game-winning touchdown, how the, the defense needs to play better. They were tired. They, they were on the field for far too long, bro. What do, what do you think is the key that's going to help other than just tanking the season at this point? What do you think needs to happen to be able to allow the Panthers to be more successful? Yeah, I mean, um, he's got to believe who they are. Uh, we need better leadership, definitely, on the on the offensive side. Um, the receivers have to step up. The skill players have to step up. Hubbard, I like I like how he's he's fighting. And he, he's he's going out there every week, week in and week out, and he's stepping his performance and his game up. But people like Robbie Williams, those guys have to have to you know live up to some of their um, some of their height. Um, you know, on defense again, we have to allow our defense to actually rest. Um, started off the game, first play of the game from scrimmage. Sam Darnold scans on the right, scans to the left, goes through his progressions, scans back to the right, and throws it to a pretty much the other hash mark flat and left it out there for about four seconds for the cornerback to, to you know what I mean, to pick off. Mm -hmm. So And that was the first play from scrimmage. So it's showing that Sam Darnold's not shorthanded right now. I hate to say it also, Big Cliff, but it'll be an awesome, awesome montage if we could put together somehow the uh, video preseason of you tooting and and uh, his horn and pause and uh, and letting <laughs> us all know why Sam Darnold is the exact thing that we need in Carolina and that you're not worried about anything because you know what he's gonna do this year and then just fast forward it you know put a graphic up that says <laughs> three weeks later and um, well, you know, you'll sound like Stephen Smith. <laughs> well, here's the thing on that, bro. I'm 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 gonna say it. Yes, I did say it. And at the end, at the beginning of the season, exactly what I said was what he did. Nobody anticipated the regression. Okay, and that and that's the biggest thing. It's a fluid situation because when he did exactly what I said he ought to do, the Panthers were three and zero. He was patient. Now, and I, a lot a lot of people have given the Christian McCaffrey factor. Like you mentioned, Chuba Hubbard is playing really good. The small things that make a difference, though, there's the, the play calling has changed without Christian McCaffrey there. And so what I've seen a lot more of is no checkdowns. They're expecting uh, – they're basically putting them back in the format of what he did with the Jets, expecting the, the, the quarter the, – excuse me, the wide receivers to go out and run routes. Running backs are either running routes and or not blo or blocking, and so he doesn't have that check down. Christian McCaffrey is the outlet lever because in any space, in any type of room, you get him the ball and he's going to make plays. That's where Chuba does not have that skill set. 
He's a good blocker. He is a good runner. He's a good running back. But the thing that separates Christian McCaffrey is you can get him the ball out in space on the flats and allow him to go and make a play for you. And that is where he's unique. And without that outlet and without that lever uh, or, or, or without that, that let out, there is nothing there. And so you're finding where he's regressed to the Jets version of himself in regards to Sam Donald. So, yes, I did say it. <laughs> yes, it was true. But it just happens to not be true now because he is a different version of what I said he needed to be and what he has been at the beginning of the season. Um, hopefully, we'll, we'll be able to have the running backs to have that type of outlet. Uh, one of the moves that they made this week was signing the former Vikings wide, excuse me, the Vikings running back Amir Abdullah. Uh, he was active all six games for them for, throughout the uh, beginning part of the season, including in their victory over Carolina this past Sunday. But he is anticipated to be signing with the Panthers. He's a similar uh, outlet type player in regards to being able to be out in the flat and to be able to be that that safety lever for Sam Darnold. Uh, and hopefully that uh, coupled with Chuba Hubbard's just running ability up the middle on the outsides and bounce outs to be able to be something to allow Sam to kind of get back to that version of who he was. So, yes, if we want to put the montage together, we can just make sure we put it in context. <laughs> So as we get ready to move forward, uh, I am excited for um, next week and the upcoming weeks. But basketball is back. The season opened up this week with the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Brooklyn Nets. So let's just go ahead and jump in right there, bro. What were your takeaways from the Bucks and Nets game with the uh, um, Bucks taking the victory 127 to 104 over Brooklyn? Shout out to uh, Chris Middleton, um, stepping into all of his confidence. He's looking like a returning champion. Uh, all of the the Bucks bench look like they've all returned with a boost in confidence, rightfully so. Um, Giannis is still, you know, dominant as ever. The Nets, on on the other hand, um, everything going on with Kyrie has them in disarray. Um, they you know, they, they're still talented, a talented team, but they're in disarray with, with the the distraction of the Kyrie story, if you will. Um, that's, what it, that's how it comes off. Or it's um, of course, that story is louder than the product that they're putting on the floor. And that's saying a lot because Kate James Harden. Yeah, definitely. So one of the things that stood out to me in the game was definitely with um, with Giannis and with KD both being the first set of players in the opening night game to score thirty and ten on opposing sides, and um, even though the the even though they dominated pretty much from start to finish, uh, the Bucks look good, and, and and the Nets, as you mentioned, they just kind of don't seem like they're all together there. I I personally would not be surprised if James Harden is not in a Brooklyn uniform at the end of the season. Um, it, it, it's all pretty much a foregone conclusion at this point that Kyrie will not be in that uniform. But there were some rumblings that I heard um, when listening to uh, some of the Four Letter Network's coverage early in the day that James Harden just is not happy up there, and, and he he kind of expected it to be something different. There are apparently no landing sites for him at this point, but um, 
I would not be surprised if they just kind of stuck with KD, who has signed that four-year contract uh, before last season and plans to be there, or at the end of last season, rather, and just plans to be there for a while, building around him. Because if they use the money that they've got wrapped up in Kyrie and in James, they can be a trade and be a sign-and-trade or whatever, get them two out and be able to bring some other pieces in. But the Bucks definitely, look, somebody said on Facebook, they're looking real back-to-back-ish. <laughs> and, and honestly, they're in rare form, even with um, Grayson Allen. That young guy, even out of his, you know, I hated him from his Duke days. Let me just go ahead and get that established. But he had a certain tenacity and a little, a little bit of dog in him, kind of like uh, fighting with him having a 10 points off the bench after, um, after the injury. He, he looked good, and they look good as a squad overall. So they definitely are going to be somebody to watch all throughout the East, all throughout the season over in the East. Uh, as we mentioned with the East, let's, uh, there was a game that was on, that is currently on as we're recording right now. The Boston Celtics taking on the New York Knicks, taking on your New York Knicks. This one seemed Indeed. like a, Go ahead. Indeed. We can go ahead and get the live, cup, the live update. Yeah, so right now it's 8.57 left in the fourth quarter, and the score is 100 New York to 92. We come from behind. We come from behind. With that come from behind. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what you get, what, what Tibbs did over in the, in, in, in the halftime break, but you guys have looked like a different team throughout uh, the second half, uh, outscoring them 32 to 40, excuse me, 32 to 24 in the third quarter, and so far in the fourth, 14 to 10. So you, you, you're looking good. Um, uh, what's the guy, Kimba Walker, for me, is really seem like he's focused. Kimball lost a lot of his uh, pop from his Charlotte days, but uh, I know he's got a little extra built in from from with his game against the Celtics. So uh, we'll give an update on social media at the conclusion Evan. of this game. Correct, Kemba. Um, of course, Julius Randle mm-hmm. and um, Evan Fournier is going to be somebody to look out for this year, along with Burke, um, Emmanuel Quigley. You know, of course, R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin. They've got they've got talent and they've got a lot of you know a lot of Paul's legs if you will mm-hmm. a lot of guys that they can run and rotate so it's just going to be about how Tibbs gets them to play defense and buy in and and we'll see kind of where we land at. You mentioned it that key that the bench is going to be very very helpful for them this season uh, with a lot of the- and then not to mention Derek Rose I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he and even in this game tonight, he has been balling. Uh, he had good a, a good chase down block in the second quarter, and and, and they are looking really good. So, um, you you want to go ahead and call Knicks Lakers in the final? No. <laughs> no. Not yet. So I'm gonna give you some time. I'm not gonna give it to. I'm not gonna make you give us your, your pick in week one. We'll probably wait until maybe a maybe a month in. But we do want to lock in our favorite picks. You know I'm going Lakers all the way for for the West. Um, but we will lock in our picks. And if you guys have your picks and you want to tell us who you think is going to be in the NBA Finals, go ahead and shoot them over to the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net. Now, there was another game on yesterday or in uh, real-time Wednesday. Right. On Tuesday, rather. Uh, the Golden State Warriors took on my Los Angeles Lakers and came out victorious 121 to 114. Bruh, oh, man, oh, man. What stood out to you in that game, bro? The Lakers losing. <laughs> <laughs> Now, in uh, in full transparency, as I do, you know, I like I like to let you guys speak behind the curtains of the show. 
My dog called me earlier today. was like, yo, I know we talking Warriors Lakers, and I'm going to be mean. I'm going to drag your team. So go ahead. Go ahead and drag my team, bro. Go ahead. I mean, yeah, it started off with a bang. Everybody thought, oh, man, the return of Showtime, the first <laughs> play of the season, LeBron to DeAndre Jordan. Oh, this is going to be an exciting season. The Monstars are here. And, you know, four quarters of basketball. Um, our good frat brother, Big E, he put in the polo earlier, a couple keys to the loss, him being a Lakers fan, of course. But pardon me, he just pointed out the fact that Poole and Looney have been a part of the system for a while. Mm -hmm. That bubble year for the Warriors meant a lot, I think, to them with clash, clash, uh, with, excuse me, with meshing without clay. Mm -hmm. And it meant a lot for, again, some of these younger guys before um, your boy uh, left. I forgot my, my man name. Andre uh, Huh? Andre Iguodawa. Smaller point, smaller point guard. Because Iggy's back. Yeah. Iggy's back over there. Smaller point guard, though. Um that that did his thing, real small point guard, but he was doing his thing with the little sponge haircut. I forget his name. Uh, his name escapes me, but um, whenever they were all kind of doing their thing around the bubble time, a lot of those guys that wasn't Steph Curry was able to kind of step up under Draymond's leadership and tutelage. So, you know, um, them, them staying cohesive as a team throughout and then also kind of the lack of Russell's production and watching him kind of get situated um, – which understandably will take a couple of games or whatnot, but people need to re remember and realize that that man's a walking triple double at any given time. So it's never any. There's not. There wasn't any alarms or red flags for the game yesterday. It just always sweet, just like when a Dallas, uh, you know, seeing a <laughs> Dallas Cowboys loss. It's always sweet seeing a Los Angeles loss because the the look on the fans' faces of disbelief, like it can't happen, and then. The automatic 180 that a lot of fans take on on the game. Well, well, yeah, we, we it's only game one, and it's only the first game of the season. We shouldn't. Have... All right, all right. Going into it, you would think that it's about to be a whole blowout, but yeah, yeah. Uh, continue, continue, bro. That's all I have right now. That's all I have. There was never an expectation. For the Los Angeles Lakers to go 82 and 0. Here we go. Here we go. As is the case with any and every LeBron James led team, and more specifically this team, with the amount of veterans that we have, with the amount of first time players on this team, here we go. it is going to take time for the cohesiveness yeah, to oh get Lord. When a locomotive begins to move, okay? I'm about to preach bro, to you. Okay, brother. you can stop right there. You can stop right there. <laughs> but anyway. The time thing that everybody goes to, the whole time thing. We know. Dog we man. know it takes time. But my thing is, so my question to you is, where was your level of optimism prior to the game, truthfully speaking? You thought that y'all were going to smash? You thought that y'all were going to do what at Sports Stradamus? At Sports Stradamus, knowing the team that the, that the Golden State Warriors had, I thought we would win. I'm not going to lie and say, yeah, I knew we were going to okay. lose. No. I thought we would win. But I didn't. I, I knew it would be a tough fight because at the end of the day, Steph Curry is. I don't care what nobody say. He's that one of the dude. best point guards in the history of the NBA. He is by far the greatest shooter that this league has ever seen. You know what I'm saying? And that's all with all due respect to the Ray Allen's, 
to your Reggie Millers. He is the greatest shooter that this league has ever seen. And at the end of the day, any team with him on it is going to be trouble. Now, you add in, like you said, your loonies, your pools who went off with 20 points. Um, the, the, like, Damian Lee was out there balling. Even AI himself, his return to Golden State, and, and what I'm assuming whoa, is his swan whoa, song. Whoa, 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 Let's call him Iggy, or let's call him <laughs> Andre Iguodala, bro. Dog, I can't get that man his initials, bro. He is the only, I heard this disrespectful thing, but he's the only AI with a ring. Hey. But, but anyways, hey. yeah, and he we, got his finals MVP. You feel me? We're not gonna do that though. We're not gonna do that. That's bro. like that's Iggy. That's, Iggy. that's like people saying A Rod. Well, we know A Rod is Alex Rodriguez. Uh, yeah, but, no. Huh? Okay. No, but, the second A Rod, people will put the J a little on it. People, people go that A Rod. You know what I mean? Nah, that's A Rod. A Rod though. <laughs> He's still when A Rod though. No. When I said it, I was like, when I said it, I was like, no, they don't. They don't. A Rod. A Rod. We know who A Rod is, but we also know who A Rod is. You feel me? It's about context. Nah, and so nah, AI in regards to, you know what I mean? It's, it's a little bit of a scratch, but at the end of the day, like you said, he's the only one with the championship and a finals MVP. That's all I'm saying. But at the end of the day, like I said, the Warriors are ball squad. Like, I'm not even gonna fake in football. I'm rocking with my Panthers. That's my team. I don't have another team. Shout out to uh, the frozen poet, Jason Lee. I tease him because he used to like the, uh, he was a formerly a fan of Tampa Bay when he was a kid. But as he begun to understand football for himself and rather just following who people who his family followed, he became a Panthers fan. He can have two teams and I, I'm going to tease him, but he can. In basketball, I got two teams. The Lakers are by far my team, number one. And that's primarily because I was a Kobe fan for so long. With Kobe gone now, I just like sports. I like basketball. So I'm a Lakers fan, but I enjoy watching the Warriors. I'm not even going to fake. I'm, I am a fan of Steph Curry. And I know I roast often, you know what I'm saying, play, people who follow players to different teams and stuff. But those two specifically, Steph ain't never leaving Golden State. And if he does, I'm not going to watch him or them. You know what I'm saying? It, it's just while he's there, I'm rocking with dude. Same way that no matter if Kobe had left, I, I don't know if I probably would have. You know, I probably would have followed Kobe, but Kobe didn't leave, so I'm, that's why I'm a lifelong Lakers fan. So um, I do watch the Warriors. I enjoy watching them win. I hope they don't beat us no more this season. Um, one of the keys for me, though, for us moving forward, LeBron and Anthony Davis cannot be our exclusive scoring output uh, expectation. Uh, with the both of them having over 30, uh, Anthony AD had 33 and LeBron had 34. No other Laker had more than nine. Not one other Laker was in double digits in this game. That cannot be the case. We need Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook to go ahead and shake loose whatever, whatever he got going on. You feel me? Carmelo Anthony needs to go ahead and remember how to shoot free throws. <laughs> I'm not sure. And if you guys missed it during the game, there was a time, there was a point in the game when Carmelo was on the line shooting a free throw and basically pump faked himself out of the free throw and had a lane violation because everybody was like, yo, why didn't he let go of the ball? Right. And even Rajon Rondo, who played 20 minutes and had three points. He, he did throw in another five assists, but to say that our point guard, our two main point guards, uh, LeBron, even though I know he's a, po a point forward, um, and Rondo both having five, we got to get to a point where people are scoring. And again, it's a slow process. You got to, as they used to say in Philly, 
trust the process. These guys just need that time to start growing together, and it, it's going to come around, and they're going to be all right. So I'm excited to see how long it takes. Kent Bazemore, he's a baller. We're going to be all right. Even once Avery Bradley gets his legs up under him, he is going to ball out. So we're going to be all right. Look, this isn't on the docket, but just real quickly, any thoughts on the Ben Simmons situation? Oh, it's trash. Garbage. Hot trash. For those of you who may not know uh, specifically what High Star is talking about, uh, we we know all season, all offseason, he said he's holding out. He's not playing for them. He doesn't want to play. But he has started going to practice because at the end of the day, he wants his money. He's not yet been paid for them. He's been fined to the tune of $1.4 million for missing the games during the preseason. And then he was suspended for the opening game, which cost him another $221,000. And he was suspended for an incident that happened at practice. Well, Big Cliff, what's the incident? Glad you asked. He was on his sidelines, had been participating lackadaisically in drills. And then he got to a point where he said, you know what, I'm done. Doc Rivers called him and said, hey, you got to get back in here. We need you to run this next drill. And he said, yeah, nah, I'm good. And Doc said, no, I need you to come on and get it back in here. He said, yeah, nah, I'm good. There was an exchange between the two, and he was dismissed from practice and suspended for the opening game. My thoughts on the matter is they just need to trade that man in the same way that the Houston Texans need to release uh, Deshaun Watson and let him go ahead and do what he need to do. The Philly just needs to let him go. Yeah, I mean, my biggest thing with it is there's showing professionalism. I I know that there's different ways to get your money and go about making sure that you're still getting paid and stuff. But um, for any future organizations that you would want to do business with, or any businesses that you would want to you know partner with or do any kind of business with. It just it just doesn't reflect well. It's not a good. I think it's guy on his career, of course, or something that'll always stand out. Something that Crittenton and Gilbert Arenas have to always live with is the locker room incident mm-hmm. and the the gun and the gambling. This is something that Ben Simmons will always have to live with. Yeah, at the end of the day, I, I understand wanting to be out, but listen. We see it's a new trend, specifically in the in the WNBA, specifically in the NBA, where the players have that empowerment. They can say, "Hey, I'm out of here," and they they make those decisions and drive, and and they got to be dealt the way that they want to. He will not be a Sixer by the trade deadline. I can almost guarantee you that it's just about where he's going to end up. We just spend a lot of time talking about a team that I think he would be a good fit for, the the Golden State Warriors. I can see him, especially with the way that they've been playing, moving the ball. They won't ask; he won't be asked to be, uh, of course, a three-point shooter because they got enough of them. Once Clay gets back in that lineup, I really fully expect that he could could make some differences. Um, now, it may take a package of maybe a, a player like Moses Moody, maybe Otto Porter Jr. Uh, some some of those young rookies like that. Some of the uh, good players, not Porter's not a, junior, a rookie clearly, but some of the good players like that to trade and some future picks. But imagine that starting lineup with Steph, Draymond. I think that would push Ant Wiggins probably either in the trade and or put him in that position to be there. And then you've got um, your boy added into that starting lineup. I think that could be a good lineup for them. He's a, he's a guy that can handle the ball, make the right play, find an open cutter, I mean an open shooter, or just cut straight to the rim and finish hard at the rim. So, uh, I think he could be a good fit there. He may even be a good fit in Miami. So there's never not telling where he's going to go, 
but you definitely don't. I don't see him being there past the trade uh, or even close to the trade deadline. What about you? You think he'll be there? I mean, no, and no, it, it's not like I wish that this was kind of under big deal, no thing, because to me, again, it's similar to how I felt about the Sean Watson situation. Is is no thing if he is there or not there. His he's not. He's checked out, and he's not there already. Exactly. He's not present. Um, so, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't make, it doesn't make a difference. It's just a distraction for them either way. And they need to just go ahead and bust that move. So, yo, Sixers, if you were listening, go ahead and bust that move real quick. Let that man go and get something back so y'all can start focusing on y'all season. Cause the East is looking really good this year. Chicago is going to be a sleeper team. And hopefully this isn't one that we dig back up out of the archives by mid season. And they've got like five wins, but I really got some faith in them with the amount of shooters and tenacity and just some dogs who are really out to prove what they can do out there in Chicago. So uh, between them, Miami, Brooklyn, going to be who they're going to be at the end of the day, Milwaukee, the East is is really looking good. So um, they need to bust a move and go ahead and do something. As we get ready to move forward, it is time for Big Deal, No That's Thing. That's a big deal. And the other one is that one. Nah, that ain't no thing. You know the title. We give it, give you topics. You tell, and we tell you if it's a big deal or no thing. First up, Baker Mayfield is out for Thursday night football against the Broncos, and Case Keenum gets the start. Big deal or no thing? And Baker is healthy. No, nah, he's not. He's got a shoulder injury. Oh, no thing. Mm. Nah, that ain't no thing. I'm a, I'm gonna say it's a big deal. That's a big deal. Why you say it's no thing, bro? And they're um, just that it hasn't it hasn't made a difference if he's been on the field or not. Um, <laughs> they haven't found any kind of chemistry with Landry, with Beckham so far this year. They haven't found any consistent uh, go-to guys and stuff for him to even you know compete with the the rest of the AFC North or whatnot. Uh, what what is Cleveland's record right now? Uh, I think they're. Four, three and three, maybe? Four and two, three and three? Yeah, around there, yeah. And I think, yeah, the other the other people in the division have been performing, I suppose. But, yeah, no, I, I just I just say no thing. Here's why I say it's a, it's a big deal. I'm going to run down their injury report for this upcoming Thursday night game. Baker Mayfield, out, shoulder. Running back Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb out, calf. Cornerback A.J. Green, out, shoulder growing. Wide receiver Odell Beckham, out, shoulder. Tackle Jack Conklin, out, knee. Tackle Jedrick Willis, out, ankle. Jadavion Conley, defensive end, out, ankle. Defensive tackle Malik Jackson, out, knee. Linebacker Malcolm Smith, out, abdomen. Center J.C. Treader, out, knee. Linebacker Mac Wilson, questionable with a calf. Bro, they are a walking mash unit. You've got half your offensive line, wide receivers, your two starting running backs, and now your quarterback? Man, listen here. And then with the way that the Broncos have been playing defense so far this year, yeah, no, it's a big deal. Now, granted, Case Keenum has been capable in 62 career starts. He's 27 and 35, but he's got he averages about 226 passing yards per game. Uh, with 73 touchdowns and 47 interceptions. He's a baller, but with the way that that defense is, has the Broncos defense, as I mentioned, has been playing, and with the slew of other injuries that the Browns have, 
if you listen, if you're on fantasy, I'm staying completely away from anything in Cleveland uniform well, this week. And I think everything everything that you just read off with the injury report is supporting why it's no thing. Because if Baker was out there, he would be getting injured regardless this Sunday. <laughs> because there's nobody to block for him right now. So basically, if they were healthy, he'd probably be able to get back in there and be like, yeah, no, I can tough it out. But he's like, yo, I ain't got my running backs, my offensive line, or my wide receivers. Yeah, no, nah, I'm good. Well, my shoulder's hurting. My shoulder's uh, hurting, too. Coach, I can't play. <laughs> Injured or you're hurt, son. All right, as we get for, as we move forward, a big deal, no thing. Cam Newton has announced that he is now vaccinated. Big deal or no thing? Uh, big deal. That's a big deal. I agree. That's a big deal. Why you say? Um, it's just kind of to me that signifies um, it's a statement by his by his team, by his management that he's out here, he's ready, he's 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 ready to play football. There's a lot of quarterbacks that's injured. There's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks, and and he's just kind of putting himself out there on the market. I'm available. I say it's a big deal for every reason that you said, and for this one here. There have been rumblings this week that the Miami Dolphins are closing in on a trade for Deshaun Watson. I fully expect that Cam Newton will be on a roster prior to Deshaun Watson. Uh, there have been some rumbling, rumblings in Charlotte that based on him now being vaccinated and based on the play of uh, Sam Darnold, that, we may be, that they may be interested in bringing Cam Newton home back to Charlotte. As much as I've been... Uh, I'm not a proponent, but a an honest person with regards to reporting with Cam Newton. And I've not always been his number one fan. I would love to see him back in Carolina, especially with regards to what we've got now. Because, yes, yeah, Sam Darnold has the second most touchdowns in the league, only behind Derrick Henry. Um, but at the end of the day, he's not a running back. Uh, Sam, uh, Cam is not either, but Cam is a more proficient runner. He get, adds another dynamic level that Sam Darnold does not. Sam's not the most accurate at this, at this point. He's more accurate than Cam, but he's not the most accurate. And I think the overall talents that Cam can bring to the role, especially in an offense like this with the line that we have, um, even though they've not played the best, they can they can block well enough for Cam Newton. And I think he would be a better fit for this offense and for this team, a better option now. Considering the fact that next year there are no real – um, splash quarterbacks that are expected to come into the draft. I think if you bring Cam Newton in, sign him for a two-year, give him the opportunity to compete with Sam Darnold. If he wins, he's a better quarterback. If he doesn't, he's an amazing and a better upgrade than P.J. Jackson right now. Just point blank, it is what it is. But you bring him in, you give him that chance to be able to compete and allow them to, to put the best quarterback out there because at the bare minimum, he's going to push Sam Darnold to be better, knowing that he doesn't have he's got somebody behind him who can take that play. So uh, I'm interested in seeing what the Panthers are going to do. I do think it's a big deal. Like I said, Cam will be on somebody's roster soon, whether it be out in Pittsburgh, whether it be back home in Carolina. I, this this vaccination is huge. I think that was the one thing, not the one thing, but that was one of the major things that uh, helped and aided in his exit from New England. All right, last topic up for big deal, no thing. South Carolina women's Gamecock, women Gamecocks are the preseason number one. Big deal, no thing. Oh, big deal. That's a big deal. I agree. Deal. Big deal. Why you say that's a big deal? <clears throat> um, 
we'll kind of get into um, I get money segment, but also just um, just the hype around around Columbia right now with women's basketball. It's been a couple years in the making, but um, yeah, it's just it's just we've lived through the Tennessee, the days of Tennessee dominance, the days of Connecticut dominance. Mm-hmm. So it's similar and akin to when Clemson began its era of dominating in college football, um, where we have somebody in proximity that's going to bring us national prominence whenever it comes to a, a major sport. So it, it's definitely a big deal. I agree. They received 14 of the 29 first place votes. Um, and UConn, of course, received a bunch with 10, um, and they were in number two. But it, I think it's a big deal because they've got preseason All-American. They've got high hopes, and as you just mentioned, they are going to bring that national prominence and a national attention down to Columbia. And I really, 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 really think that they've got a shot at the national championship. And as a matter of fact, you, you you mentioned it in, and I think that's a great way to segue into the I Got Money. So let's go ahead and jump into that right now. It's time for I Got Money. I get money. I get money. You know what it is. Yeah, yeah. She runs the Met. She Shout runs out to Don Staley. Um, I was joking with Big Cliff <laughs> earlier this week when the news first broke and told him that they need to rename Columbia um, Staleyville, Staley Town, because she's pretty much um, she's more than likely she's probably the highest highest pay black. You know, one of the highest paid black women out there. Now, let's not minimize other industries and, and things like that because it's the deal that she signed. Let's get straight to it. It's a seven year deal that she signed for $22.4 million. And it's just, although um, entrepreneurs, different people in different spaces see that type of, see those type of numbers, um, it's just unheard of whenever it comes to a woman earning that, especially in a sport like a basketball or anything like that. Um, so, you know, shout out to your Genos of the world and even um, what what was, um, with all due respect, Pat Summit, mm-hmm. I want to say, from Tennessee. Yeah, um, as far as she was a female coach, but those were the big names, right, um, that would command that type of money. And it's beautiful, and I'll just go ahead and say it, but it's beautiful seeing a black woman um, – getting that type of acclaim, getting the type of accomplishing what she has throughout her career. I followed Dawn Staley since the 90s, since they were um, in the Olympic Games with Cheryl Swoops and, and Cynthia Cooper and and, and, and all of them. So uh, it's, it's great to see where she is. She actually was on an episode of Martin, um, you know. <laughs> I remember but that. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Exactly. So shout out to Dawn Staley. She's been all around the world. And on top of that, all of her players leading off, starting off with Asia Wilson um, leading the charge, say that she's pretty much, you know what I mean, the coolest thing since the other side of the pillow or whatnot. So um, shout out to Coach Daly. I know that she's making a difference in those women's lives out there in Columbia. She's the example of excellence, bro. Two-time Coach of the Year, 2014 and 2020. Uh, she's actually the first uh, player in, oh, first coach, rather, 
to win the Naismith Player of the Year and the Naismith Coach of the Year award. So uh, she exudes excellence. They've won five SEC regular championships and six tournament titles, um, 25 weeks at number one. She has coached these girls and brought that program, like you said, we talked a second, a second ago, to national prominence, man. And so the expectation is for them to be great. And, and she's had a lot to do with that. She is on par with some of the uh, Genos of the world and, uh, and really more than any uh, most of the other women coaches as well, not just women, but black women as, as well. So shout out to her, man. We really are proud of her. Uh, she's a friend of the show. We're supposed to get her on. We're going to see, you know what I'm saying, because her pocket's long these days. We're going to see if we can still right. get that come now, through. <laughs> yesterday's price is not today's price. Definitely. Yesterday's price is not today's price. Yeah, sh- whole time. So shout out to her. Coach Staley, you guys come on and bring that championship back home to Columbia. So at this time, it's time for nothing to do with sports. We've got a unique topic today for you guys, which actually, oddly enough, as so many of our nothing to do with sports do, it still has something to do with sports, but it's not really. So uh, the question was arisen this week in a conversation that I had with someone. Uh, can you date someone who cheers for another team other than your favorite team? Um, this is one, uh, and what makes this question, I guess, a little bit unique is it's going to be a kind of a hybrid flex. We're going to answer it. We're going to talk a little bit about it here with us. But we also want you guys to tune into Relationship Status, which is another show, uh, part of Crux Media's uh, family of podcasts. And so we'll shoot the link up in the show this week for you guys to check them out and have them and listen to them debate it. Relationship Status is a show that just talks about everything to deal with relationships from all of your questions to this, to ideas of relationships, to different scenarios within relationships. They get into the nitty gritty of what it is to be a man and a woman and kind of work together to, to be the best that you can be in those relationships and just give a lot of different respects and, and, and a lot of different perspectives. Um, a man friend of the show, uh, uh, I started to call his real name. Yoshi is uh, the, one of the co-hosts on that show. And so, as I mentioned, this question will be pitched over to them for them to give the answer. We definitely want you guys to go out and check out Relationship Status. They drop on Mondays, excuse me, Sundays and Wednesdays, if I'm not mistaken. But again, the link will be up on social media for you guys to check out the their answer to this question on Relationship Status. But, bro, what do you say? Can you uh, cheer for, can you Date someone or be in a relationship with someone who cheers for uh, a team other than your team. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, I think that it'll probably that adds some spice. But um, the only caveat is just as long as they're, um, how do I put it? Like, as long as they're sportfully respectful. So, (laughs) you know, there's a certain level of sportsmanship that I want to see everyone have as fans but as my significant other or woman um and this may be unpopular to say but nah i don't want you barking in my face about how hard your your team is is going or uh you know <laughs> I, I just i just don't want all of the extra stuff i just i just would prefer not i see you in a nice outfit repping your team you got your hat or your jersey and stuff. That's nice. That's cute. You even add in some trash talk with that. That's fine. But when you start sounding like Steven or something or, or Barry, then no, no. That's when I start to talk about So I've not had uh, had the, the privilege of dating a, sp- a sports fan, so I've not had this problem directly. But 
No, I can't. I don't think I could do that, bro. Uh, the individual I was talking to, and I'm not going to put him out there because, you know, he's a little barbaric in his ideas. And he proceeded to tell me, dog, ain't no woman of mine ever going to cheer for another team. I was like, so if you meet a woman and she's like legit uh, interested in another team, she either going to come and be my team or she ain't going to be my lady. And I was like, yo, what kind of man is you? But I, at the end of the day, though, I get it because I barely like people who like other teams than me, like, especially like you said, when they don't keep it sportfully respectful. Like if you're a fan of, let's say the Steelers and that's your squad, we can trash talk back and forth as long as we keep it on a professional level. Uh, But once you start like digging in and and going in, yeah, now we got a whole, a whole bunch of problems. When I sat and watched this Carolina Panthers game on Sunday, it frustrated me so much. And if any of you guys follow me on social media, um, you know, and you saw it, I was like, I was going in, like we didn't even, deserve to win a game and so when we started coming back i was like i hope we don't win and then people like started talking trash one of our frat brothers um was talking trash and tagged me and something i was like you know what i'm sick of him block <laughs> and dog texted me was like yo did you really block me yes i did you you be gone for 24 hours i'll holler back at you then bro and his feelings was big hurt, but I was like, yo, you're not going to trash talk me and expect me. Like, at the end of the day, I don't do the regular trash talking on Facebook. So when you coming for me and my team in the middle of us losing, now nah, we either got to fight or I'm blocking you, bro. So to save your your health and well-being, let me go ahead and block you. Get it on up out the way so I can have my peace of mind. I couldn't imagine that same type of energy in a relationship. Um, we know you want to walk in one and be equally yoked and be on similar mindset and all that. We can't be equally yoked and in a similar mindset if you ain't cheering for the Panthers. And God forbid you like a, a, a Cowboys fan or some uh, an Atlanta Falcons fan or something. Yo, nah, now nah, we got whole life, real life issues. So, yeah, no, there is no way that I could possibly do it. But again, we're interested in seeing what the uh, what the folks over at Relationship Status have to say about it. So make sure you tune in and check out their answer and enjoy the show while you're there with them as well. Well, that's going to wrap it up and do it for us this week. High Star, you got anything for the people, man? Anything they need to look out for coming up soon from you? Uh, just look out for the Knicks choking away this wins. Uh, we're in overtime right now, 128 to 128, about two minutes left in overtime. So just be on the lookout for that. <laughs> hopefully they're able to pull it out well it has been a pleasure to be with you guys this week as always make sure you check us out next week on your favorite podcast app you can listen to us on apple music excuse me on apple podcast or again tell your smart your smart speaker play carolina sports talk you can check us out on social media at carolina sports talk on facebook or instagram hit us up on the carolina sports talk line at cliff at carolina sports talk dot net Until next week, peace.